Hello, this is Rob Thomas, Senior Editor at Club and Resort Business. On this episode of Club and Resort Talks, we chat with Ed Doyle, President of Real Food. Find out what Real Food is doing to help the club industry and what the future may hold. We'll even chat a bit about barbecue. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, this is Rob Thomas with Club and Resort Talks, and I'm here with Ed Doyle, President of Real Food. Ed, Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rob. How are you? Glad to be here. I'm doing fantastic. Hey, real quick, Ed, uh, can you please tell us a little bit about your role with Real Food? Absolutely. I'm the president of Real Food Hospitality Strategy and Design. I started the company 16 years ago, and uh, here we sit 16 years later, servicing the wide swath of the hospitality business all around the country and a little bit around the globe. So it's it's uh, pretty all-encompassing. Yeah, we touch every aspect of the hospitality business, um, you know, from independent mom and pops all the way out through large hotel groups. There's a very large internet company that is one of our big clients. Uh, you know, we really touch every part of the industry, but it's such a broad industry. It just continues to expand, and we find ourselves doing more and more as things go on. Could you please tell me, how do real food services help the club industry? Uh, well, you know, Real Food, we refer to ourselves as a hospitality strategy and design firm. And that those words are in that order for a reason. Everything that we do is around delivering hospitality experiences. You know, and I think you look at the club segment, it is in an incredibly dynamic time. The club world, you're starting to see people that grew up in the food network. They grew up as, I hate the word, foodies, now kind of aging into the club demographic, and they're bringing with them much higher expectations of what happens in the food and beverage world. You know, food and beverage has become on par with the importance of golf or tennis or any other the key reasons that people historically joined clubs. And because clubs are frequently run, developed, and owned by golf or tennis people, they're really not food and beverage experts. So the club world is struggling to deliver that truly elevated, differentiated um, food and beverage experience on a consistent manner, right? We've got to be consistent. So what we're able to do is bring our view, our global view of all the hospitality venues that we work on, restaurants, independents, clubs, hotels, look at the best practices and distill them and bring them to the club world and align them with the club strategy. Because every club is different, right? It, every club is trying to go somewhere different, develop a different demographic or expand and take care of their club and members in a different way. And, you know, we align our recommendations and strategy with club strategies. And then from there, we really design the tools and systems and sometimes physical plants that are going to help deliver that hospitality experience. But again, it all leads up to the experience. We've got to help the clubs deliver that unique, differentiated club experience that says, you know what, I joined this club because the hospitality is better, because the food and beverage is better. Uh, All those little things that, you know, make a club, quote, better than the other guys. Because we all know everybody likes to compare their clubs, right? You got that right. And I'll tell you what, from the outside looking in, easy to see the tangible, the golf course, the the tennis courts. But I was shocked to see how big a role F&B plays in the uh, day-to-day operations of a club. Yeah, for sure. You know, we joke about it. Everybody's a scratch eater, right? So you've got, you know, everyone has an opinion. Everyone, Everyone knows how they like their hamburger. But, you know, the grass is green, the greens are rolling straight and fast, everybody's happy. But, you know, that hamburger comes out, maybe it's medium, maybe it's medium rare, depending how your mom might have cooked it for you when you were a kid. So it's a little more nebulous, but it's, I find it 
so rewarding because the feedback loop is so terrific. I can make a meal for a guest or have, work with our club owners or our chefs and watch them deliver a hospitality experience that immediately connects with the members and they get that feedback, that smiling guest, they go do a table touch and the members say, wow, this is so great. This is better than any restaurant I ate in. Um, or the, the martinis just right with a couple chips of ice floating on it. All those things that make a experience just a little bit better those are the little differences that the clubs need to deliver and want to deliver, and sometimes they just don't know how to do that yet. The funny thing is now with um, clubs going so family-centric, it's no longer just dad going out there and grabbing a steak and a, a, maybe a bourbon after a round of golf. Uh, club chefs have to have everything from chicken nuggets and mac and cheese out up to staples like the I don't, prime rib or, or, or that steak. Right. The filet mignon, um, for sure. Exactly. So, you're, I mean, you're touching upon the youngest and the oldest members and everywhere in between. There's, I mean, it's a massive demographic you got to please. Right. And last I knew, clubs want to be around for a long time. So why wouldn't you get your kids excited about being engaged in the food and beverage and hospitality experience and make sure you're making their chicken fingers the way they like them or their fries are extra crispy? You know, really making sure that we don't see that grilled cheese sandwich as something that is a burden to the facility, but an opportunity to make something really special. Because if you make Junior happy, you're going to make Mom and Dad happy. Amen. I, as, as a father of three, I know exactly what you're <laughs> you coming from. You know what from, I'm man. talking about, sure. Yeah. So hey, uh, with, with so many companies out there, and, and not that everybody's doing what you're doing, but what separates real food from the other uh, – what's, what's different about your approach than some other approaches out uh, there? Rob, that's a great question. Yeah, there are a lot of great companies out there trying to help clubs out, help you know the hospitality industry out. There are a lot of people that do design work. There are a lot of people that do hospitality work. There are very few that do both with the aplomb that we do and the experience that we do because there are the segments of the business that are very specialized, but there's a huge part of what we do that blends in the middle. You, know, you can't think about delivering a guest experience without being cognizant of your kitchen design and your facility design and your equipment and vice versa. And everyone's struggling with how to be more efficient and how to be more, um, do more with less as we look at the labor crisis and margins eroding. Uh, so really being able to look holistically across the spectrum of all the work that we do is the thing that makes us really different than the other guys. That and the fact that we've got about 300 years of operations experience sitting in our office here. You know, everyone on our team whether it's the guys that are doing our financial modeling, all come out of the hospitality business as actual operators. So that's one thing that really makes us unique is the fact that we can sit down and talk the language and understand the challenges and really have stood in the chefs or the general manager or the food and beverage manager's shoes. The one thing we're seeing right now, or one of the main things we're seeing right now, are, are innovation. It's no longer just doing uh, the same old, same old, and expecting a different result or, or a positive result. Uh, where do you see the food and beverage uh, industry going in clubs? Oh, great question. Well, it's certainly starting to feel some of the same pressure that the industry as a whole feeling. We talked a little bit about the increasing expectations, but certainly looking for greater efficiencies, looking for an ability to create a more consistent experience with a sometimes challenged or less uh, experienced workforce is a real challenge, so we're seeing a lot more technology. Uh, we're finally seeing an embrace of data, where it is an industry that has recently woken up to the fact that we have a tremendous amount of data at our fingertips, but the data historically has been siloed across multiple systems. So now you're starting to see the industry bridge those divides and put that data together to really help make well-informed strategic decisions. You know, what should be on the menu? 
that shouldn't be a judgment call. That should be a, a combination of what are people voting for, what are they buying, what aren't they buying, understanding why they're making those choices, and then aligning that with the strategy of the club. And, of course, the cost, the labor modeling, all the things that go into that. So it's not just the chef's tired of making chicken parmesan. Right? That's, that's not a suitable answer anymore. Speaking of that, um, keeping things fresh, we, you, as you probably know, we're associated with the Chef to Chef Conference. What a great conference. What do you do to encourage your um, chefs to continue their education and keep things fresh? Well, number one is getting to conferences like the Chef to Chef, which provides amazing learning opportunities and even more networking opportunities. Because I always think about, like, I'm a bit of an athlete, and there's days that I don't want to go for a ride or go for a run. But if I have a training buddy, someone that's always in, might be inspired when I'm not, or if I can put myself in a situation where I'm feeling that inspiration from the other person, it fires me up. So if I can put myself in educational or environmental situations where I have people talking about food and talking about hospitality, and at sometimes kind of sharing my pain, you know, it's really easy to feel like you're the only person with the challenge that you face in your kitchen of a demanding club demographic, or maybe you don't have enough cooks. But when you understand that everybody is in that same situation, there's like a misery loves company or, or a band of brothers where you're really trying to move ahead and it re-energizes you because you can't stay fired up every day. So it is getting to those educational opportunities and getting to those places where you can really find a friend, find somebody that is, uh, going to be a resource for you and hopefully you can be a resource for them because that raises the whole industry excellent excellent answer hey um a little birdie told me that you're pretty good at barbecue <laughs> uh, t- tell me a little bit about your background and what makes barbecue so enticing well let's start with the fact that barbecue is all about standing around and watching the meat smoke right so that means you're sitting around playing cards having a good beer or bourbon with friends and again seeing those people that you may not have seen in a while um, you can't rush it, so you got to kind of go slow and low. Um, you know, we always use the phrase "going slower to go faster." That's our business strategy. But in the barbecue world, you got to go slow to make it taste better. Um, and a good friend of mine, restaurateur, started a barbecue team years and years ago called, uh, well, it was originally called the PBR Social Club from Apocalypse Now. And then we got sponsored by Harpoon Brewery, and they had one of their beers was UFO, so we became the UFO Social Club. And then when Apple thing blew up, we became IQ. Um, So IQ became the first um, barbecue team north of the Mason-Dixon line to ever win the world championship. We went on to win the first place at um, the Kansas City Royal and Brisket. We had 10 years where we were invited to the world champion invitational, first team that ever did that. Uh, And look, I'm just a small part of that team. You know, Chris Hart and Andy Husbands are really the the leads on that, but, you know, it, it takes a village for sure. Uh, but, it, again, it's, it's about the hospitality experience. It's about food as a vehicle to bring people together. That's what we try to do in restaurants, and that's really what barbecue does, right? It's not about the fact that you're poking and prodding the barbecue. It's that you're all together sharing an experience. So if we can do that in a, in a field in the middle of Kansas, I can sure as hell do that in a fine dining room inside a club. Personal preference, uh, dry rub or something like really wet and saucy? Oh, dry rub, dry rub. Get a dry rub, because then you can add as much sauce as you want later. And I've got no patience for that South Carolina stuff with that mustard sauce. You can keep that. It takes a lot of skill to, uh, to get the dry rub, though, right? I mean, it's anybody sure can throw does. a lot of sauce on there. Yeah, but that's the part of barbecue, right? You're tinkering. You're, it's always a little tweak, a little tune, a little more meat, a little, little more smoke, a little more rub. You know, it's all those little things. And it is that journey that makes it 
exciting, right? It's that journey to that destination, but you got to know where your destination, what you're trying to get to. You know, I want the meat to be a little smokier. I want a little more smoke ring. I want a little more pull on the ribs. You know, you've got to set your destination before you start that journey. You know, Ed, I had a uh, philosophy professor in college who romanticized fly fishing. It made me really want to go out and fly fish. I, I didn't find the same excitement as he did, but uh, I'll tell you what, you really romanticized barbecue and the whole experience now, and I can get behind that. Well, you've you got to do it at the right time of year, too. we got a couple of barbecue competitions up here in New England where we'd be standing in a field in, oh, let's say, cold wet day in march shivering away wondering what the hell we're doing but you know it, it, it's still always fun <laughs> awesome hey i'm gonna get you out on this one i understand you're a golfer you're an athlete yeah I, not well i get out there yes a good walk spoiled as they say <laughs> yeah no kidding what is your dream foursome golfer non-golfer oh, dream uh, foursome. Dead, that's, a, ooh, that's a good question let me think about that well I'm probably going to lead in with Bill Murray, right? Because Bill Murray is the ultimate guy you want to play around to golf with. I think he's someone that has carved out a life that anyone would envy. He's a legend. Julia Child. I put Julia Child on there because when I was a kid, you know, there were no celebrity chefs. You know, it was still a, very much a trade when I started doing what I did. And Julia Child took that food thing and tore down the barriers and made it approachable and made it fun. And then I'd probably say Frank Lloyd Wright. I'm going to put him in there. I, you know, we do so much design work and intentional design, a really minimalist of only things being in, in a design because there's a reason for it to be there. And, and you know, that mid-century design, I think, is just so amazing to, to see how it comes together and the little pieces create so much. And that's kind of how we try to create um, our hospitality experiences. So I, that really resonates with me. That and the fact that when I broke mom's heart when she was paying for me to go to prep school and when I told her I was going to be a cook, when she thought I was going to be an architect, you know, at least I could go back now and say, you know, we design a lot of stuff. So, you know, I'm kind of an architect. So. Beautiful. Hey, you are. I mean, you're, you're building uh, building a, a culinary experience, right? There you go. And, and the spaces. I mean, it's really, we love what we do. It is, it, it's nice to have a job um, where there's never a day where you wake up in the morning and you're bummed about going to work. You know, to watch what our team does here with our clients and to face the challenges that our clients do kind of hand-in-hand, it's super. You know, to sit in a board meeting with with a food and beverage team and, you know, stand shoulder-to-shoulder and talk about strategy with a club and really see that club leadership understand that the people at the helm of their organization have a plan, know what they're doing, and are doing a great job of it is, is a great way to celebrate the hard work that people do in the club business day in and day out. Hey, well... Our industry is, as you know, general managers, chefs, uh, head professionals. What is your, um, I guess, your exit speech, your elevator pitch, but hey, right before those doors open, what would you tell them? Why should they dig in a little deeper about real food? Well, you know what? I, I would ask them, even beyond food and beverage, what do you want to be? What's the experience that you want to deliver? And if you walk around your club and you ask any of your leaders do they all give you the same answer? Because if they don't, you've got work to do. That could just be in your restaurant. That can just be in your pro shop. That can be anywhere. But if, unless your team is unified on the experience and the, the brand elements of your club and how each part of your club are building to that experience, you've got work to do. And we can help you with that. And how can uh, a GM or a chef, someone on the board, how can they find out more information about you? Oh, great question. Uh, well, the best place to start is at our website. 
Um, so that's Real Food Hospitality and Strategy and Design. And the website is rfhsd.com. Or you can call us here in our Boston headquarters, 617-876-2100. We'd love to talk to you. Beautiful. Hey, Ed, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you being here on uh, Club and Resort Talks and uh, hope to catch up with you soon. Hey, thanks for the opportunity, Rob. 